All right. Woo. What did y'all think of Keith this past week when he came and shared, huh? Did he do? He did a gr- great job, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Cody, at some point we will use this microphone again, just to let you know. The yellow, yellow mic is that cool? Is that good? Yeah. Haley, give me thumbs up. Per- perfect. All right. We're in the book of First Corinthians, written by. Paul, he wrote it to the church. Yep, the church of God in Corinth. Um, when, uh, who here does any, do any of you still have your, this little six questions about, uh, about God? Good. Gr- great thing. I hope you use this when you're reading the scriptures on your own every time. I hope, I hope you use this for the rest of your life. Uh, it's a great starter when you're approaching text. I was, Looking through some old notes, and I, I found something. I, I just thought, it, I thought I should have used this. Um, and it deals with those same six things. And it was um, when you approach Scripture, especially when you study it on your own, remind yourself that you're a sheep. Okay? Right? Are, are sheep bright and smart? And like all, they, they'll win in a fight and all that stuff? No, sheep are in need all the time. And ask these six things. Now look at this slide. One is ask, uh, and look, look at this way to learn it. Uh, is there an attribute, something about God? Attribute of God. Uh, the next thing is S, is there a sin to forsake? The next thing is H, is there a habit to make or a command to obey? Uh, then there's E, for example, to to follow another E, error to avoid, and then a P, promise to claim. So when you approach the scriptures, remind yourself you're a sheep. Attribute, sin, habit, example, error, promise. Those are things you're trying to look in this text and see what it has for you. Just another, uh, another way to, to learn it. Um, can I tell y'all something that's very scary? Good, thank you. Two people said it could. Do do you know that God sees everything? Do you believe that God sees everything? Because if you do believe it, then it's sort of a scary deal. Because I don't don't know about you, and I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself, and I am not perfect. Many times I feel like I'm far, far from it. Um... It reminded me when I thought of that, of a story. Here's a picture. Y'all, y'all, y'all know Noah. He's my 20-year-old son. I think he'll be 21 the end of this year. Here's a shot of me and Noah right there when Noah was probably little. I don't know what age. Uh, I looked a little younger there, too. Um, he was about two or three, I think, at, at the time. And if I can tell, I can tell stories about Noah now because he's out of the youth group and he can't do anything about it. But when Noah was small, he was a mama's boy. I mean, mama hung the moon. He was hanging out with mama. Daddy was okay if no one else was there and he was stuck with me. I at least, I at least brought food home and mowed, mowed the lawn or something. That's, that's so, so that's so he thought of me, but mama was it. Right, mama? She, she loved it. And she, so, um, and um, he would always go to mama for stuff. Mama, mama. I know y'all have never done that before. And uh, 
it would be late at night. It was late at night this one time, and I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm eating like a big bowl of pasta at like 10 o'clock at night, watching The Biggest Loser Crying because their stories made me cry back then, eating it. And I'm sitting there, and Noah has been told to, to, to go to bed. It's around 10 at night. Michelle's already gone to bed. I'm sitting there on the couch, and where his room is, the living room, you got to walk through it in order to get to our bedroom door. And Noah wouldn't come to me for stuff. I'd tell him, just come to that. Daddy's here. Daddy's able to fix things or whatever. But he wanted mama. So Noah had been told he couldn't come out of his room, so he figured out a way to, uh, to get around that. And this is what he did. I'm sitting there on the couch eating. The corner of my eye, I see a thick figure move, and he's over here, and he's doing this. And he's about three. He's walking really slow, like, like Drax in that one part where, like, I'm not moving. Um, he's doing this. And I'm just sitting there going, what is wrong with my kid eating? And uh, so I say, Noah. And he does this. Freezes, like freezes for a second, like stunned that he's been seen. And all of a sudden, he starts to walk again. His hands are still, as long as he can't see me, he's invisible. And he's walking, and he gets almost to the door, and I go, Noah! And he looks at me, stunned that I was aware of him being there the whole time. And it's a sort of a funny story, but I think I sometimes, sometimes wish the voice of God would sometimes go, Dan... And I'd go, ooh, because so many times we're, we're running and doing things that don't give him honor and glory, and we're thinking, we're quiet, and nobody sees. He doesn't see, and he sees everything. My son just thought, because his eyes were, his eyes couldn't see me, he was safe. And, and you think, oh, gosh, poor Noah, you know? But we do the same thing. I mean, we, 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 we think almost the same way. Oh, no one's going to know. Isn't it important that God knows? One thing we're going to look in this text today is that, that it, everything that we do and have done is revealed b- before God. Everything that we've done. And that's sort, of, that's sort of scary to me. I don't want you, but it's scary to me. We're going to read our text tonight, which is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And Logan Rufton is going to come up and read the text for us. So can you stand with us uh, as we stand in honor of God's word? This is just going to be our main text. This is really the only text we're going to get to tonight. We're going to sort of camp out here uh, because there's just a lot for us to unpack. You do. Don't, don't let it fall apart. All right, here we go. Yep. Now we have... Re- now we have received not the spirit of the word, but the spirit who is from God. Yeah. You're in two. Oh, crap. Whoop. <laughs> you can't say that up here. That doesn't so long. <laughs> um, 12 is somewhere right there. Now, right there. Yep. There you go. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what anyone has built on the foundation survives. Uh-oh. He will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. 
though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Awesome. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word, a chance to read it together as a body of believers. Lord, we just ask that um, with what we talk about even right now, Lord, that you'll use it to touch hearts and to change lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mr. Woods, can you check and see if that AC unit is on back there? Because it feels a little warm up here, but it, it may not. Is it just push the button down to a 70 degrees or 71 if it's not? Is it good? Thank you. All right. Um, <clears throat> now, right before this context, Paul is talking, has talked about that he was a master build, builder, and he built um, what he's built. He's laid a foundation and what, who is that foundation that he's laid for them to build upon? Anybody re- remember? Paul, it's the only thing Paul ever seems to talk about. Jesus. He says, I've, I've, as a master builder, I've built this foundation, which is Je- Jesus Christ. And so I, I've laid this out, and he tells this to do this. When you build on it, build it right. So he's telling this church of Corinth, hey, when you build on what I've taught you and laid before you, make sure you build it right. Make sure it's all about Jesus. Now, he's talking to the church body right here, and a lot of this, you you can take it as in he's talking to someone who is leading in the church, but it goes beyond that because we're all, you know, if you're a, you've got your faith in Jesus Christ, you're part of the priesthood of the believers, and we're all are, are just some called to serve God or are all called to serve God? We all are called. So the foundation is laid, which is Jesus, and that's what we build upon. So the, the first point, there's three main points of this text. The first point is this. There will be a day of judgment. There will be a day of judgment. Um, when I was 15, I worked at the movie theater, and uh, I was allowed to bring uh, up to four friends to the movies at any, on any day. And that year and a half that I worked there, I had more friends that year and a half than I've ever had my entire life. I'm not quite sure why still, but I did. And um, I was 15. Most people I worked with were 17 to 20-ish in age. And one thing that they liked to do was party. Now, I was 15. I became a believer in, G- in Jesus Christ when I was almost se- 17. Doesn't make e- anything right that I'm about to say. So you can't go, ah, see, Pastor Dan did it. <clears throat> but this is part of my story. Um, they usually didn't have a curfew like a 15-year-old. I didn't get it at the time. My parents were just mean, no fun. Parents were all about no fun. Anybody here? Parents like, don't raise your hand. I'm kidding. Don't raise your hand. But that's what I thought. They just, they just didn't want me to have fun, and I couldn't stay out past 1030, which was, to me, unreal. Um, well, a week passed because they wouldn't let me go out that weekend, and the next week, weekend, there was a big party some, some of the group were going to have, and I made up my mind I was going to sneak out of the house. Maylee, don't, don't take notes on this, all right? She's like, my dad did what? <laughs> I forgot she was in here. Um, and so I, um, I, I made plans to sneak out of the house. My friend pulls up into the dry, 
driveway with the car off at 11.30 at night. Parents have gone to bed. I've pretended to go to bed. 11.30 at night, I go, we push this car out of the driveway down the street, start it up, and we go to this party. It was in some apartments, and it was with a crowd I should never, I should never go in the first place, but it was with a crowd I should never have been with. They were drinking, and it was just a mess, and they were like all like 20 or 21 and 22, and I'm a 15-year-old with my, my buddy Pete Knutson and his Dotson 210, which was a sweet ride at the time. I got a, a picture of it. It was just like that one too. It was red. Now, this is sort of key to the story. Um, so we stay at the, the, this party until at 1.30 in the morning and thought, okay, I need to get back home. Just, I don't want mom and dad to, to, to find out. We go out to his car and the car won't start. I mean, it's like, I mean, in that car, it looks like a great car, right? No, this car would not start. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh no, what are we going to do? So we decide to sleep in the car till five in the, the morning, then we'll try to figure out a way to get back. No lie to you, it was sort of a rougher apartment complex and there were gunshots like at three in the morning. I was scared to death. So at 5 a.m., he just, we've been sleeping. He goes and it cranks up. So we shoot home to my house. I get back in my room. Nobody knows anything. I go to sleep. Unbeknownst to me, my father, and some, listen, you need to know this. Your parents are going to have wizard-like powers and know things which somehow they know and they shouldn't know. And the story has always been, and my mom swore that this was the truth, that at 2 a.m. that night, my dad rolled over and said to her, your son is not in the house. And he rolled back over and went to sleep. My mom said, what? Stop it. He's here. And he said again, your son is not in the house. And so she gets up to look, and I'm not there. So she wakes up all night and lets me get into my bed and go to sleep until seven in the, the, the morning. My mom comes in and goes, good morning. And I go, oh, she goes, did you sleep good? And I said, because I didn't want to lie, it was a rough night's sleep. Huh? And she goes, I know because you weren't here. Do you know that feeling when you're caught and it's bad? and you had no idea you were caught, it was bad. And this is all she said to me. Meet your father in the shop on, on Friday at 3. It's Sunday morning. I knew the day of judgment was coming. And it terrified me. Terrified me. I want you to know something. The day of judgment is coming, but I want to explain what it is because you need to be aware of how this works. Look in verse 13. It says, each one's work will become manifest. That'll, that means it'll be revealed uh, for the day will disclose it. The day, y'all, is in your Bible, is day a small d or a big d on the word day? 
big D, right? So it's, it's a specific day. It's, it's talking about, it's, it's not just any day. It's a day of judgment, okay? So it, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a big day, and it's going to reveal it with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done, okay? So there's going to be a day of judgment where, where all of your works that you have done, and they amount to gold, silver, precious gems, hay, wood, and... One other thing. What's the other thing? Straw. Thank you. That was it. So your, all your works amount to that stuff, and it's going to be put into fire, and everything is going to burn up except for the gold, sil sil silver, and precious stuff. Now, I want you to understand there's two, there are two judgment days in Scripture. Okay, there, there's two different judgment days. One is for the un believer and one is for the believer. Okay, so there's two. The one we're talking about here is the one for the believer. Okay, the, let me explain the ju 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 judgment day for the unbeliever. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a parable of the, of the sheep and the goats. He says the sheep are going to, there's going to be, everybody's going to be there and they're going to be sep separated as sheep and goats. Sheep will be on my right and the goats will be on my left. He will say to the sheep, sheep, you have done well. You know me. I know you. Come into my kingdom. To the goats, he will say, I never knew you. You are going to go to the, 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 the phrase is the, 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 um, Gosh, what was that? I've got it written in my notes somewhere. He, 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 he will cast you into the, the fiery hell prepared for the devil and his de demons. Sheep and the goats. Yes, Andre. That is true. That is true as well. And that's in the same judgment. We, we read about this judgment in Revelation chapter 20, where it talks about that there's a Lamb's book of life. Those that, that God knows that no God will be written in the Lamb's book of life. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm not saying this stuff to scare you, but I'm saying this stuff to inform you. It's important for you to know. If you do not know Jesus, you are not written in the book of life, and you will be cast into a fiery hell. He, uh, Matthew chapter 7 says this, in verse 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Understand, this is the key point of the passage. He says, I never knew you. We can do great things. We can go to church. We can give money. We can help folks out. But unless we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're lost. You're going to be on the side of the goats. That's the judgment for the unbelievers. Un and I want to pause for a second and ask you this question. One, do you know him? Two, does he know you? Very important question question for us just to ask, do, 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 do I know him and d does he know me? Have you realized that you're a sinner? Your sin separates you from God, that you cannot be good enough, you cannot do enough works, give enough 
enough money, serve in enough ways to make up for it. The only way that you can be made right with God is through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, who lived a life without sin and died as a sacrifice for your sins and for mine. That's, that's the only way. And I ask in, do you know him? Because, man, I hope you do. I hope you do. <clears throat> so the first ju- judgment, that one is for un- unbelievers. The second one, this is the second, and this is for believers. And it has nothing to do with your salvation. Okay, this judgment we're talking about has nothing to do with your salvation. If you're a believer in, in Jesus Christ, saved by, by Jesus in faith, in him alone, nothing can take you away from that. In, in, in Romans 8, it says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And it does this huge list of things in this world that could. It says nothing can take you away. When you have that relationship with Christ, nothing is going to stop that. So the first thing is there will be a judgment day. Second is this, judgment will show what was for God and what wasn't. This ju- judgment will show what was for God uh, and what wasn't. What, what we do in this life will be judged. You're like, what? Really? I thought he cast our sins from the east to the west. Yes, that's true. And we're not t- talking about sins here. We're, we're talking about things that you do with your life. The gold and silver and precious gems represents all the good and righteous things we do for God and his glory. That's what those things are. Being a generous giver, sharing the gospel, faithfully growing in our, in our own faith, spending time in, in the word, encouraging others to follow Jesus, praying, just having time just to pray for those that we care, we care about and that God will, will move and work, putting others before ourselves, honoring God even when it hurts. Those are things that create this gold, silver, and gems within our life. Then it says there's wood, hay, and straw, and they rep- represent all the things that we've done for ourselves. You know that big house you finally achieved that you may one day get to? That, that, that car, you go, man, if I can just get this car, everything will be just right. The fame or, or, or glory we, we, we gain for ourselves in this world, and we gain it either through even on the athletic field, through our jobs, even through homeschool groups. We all have times which we gain glory for ourselves. <clears throat> but in the end, it's all wood, stray and wood uh, hay, and straw, and it's going to burn up. Going to burn up. Uh, you know, the giving gifts j- just to look good, just so others know about it, that's going to burn up. Praying out loud, going to church so, so people think you're holy and righteous, that's, that's going to burn up. Praying out loud in a way just to boast so that others can see how great you are, that's going to burn up. What is for God will remain. What isn't for God will burn and be gone. Have you ever thought, and we've heard the phrase, man, I just want my life to count for something. I, want, I think we all want that. I, don't, I think there's, it's innate in us. Man, I want my life to count. You know what's going to count? The things we do for God. Everything else is going to burn up. And it will occur on this judgment day. 
And the question is, what's, what, what's the point of having, okay, so I do my life and then I'm left with this gold, silver, and precious gems at judgment day. What's the point? And some, some people point this way. They say, well, in, in Revelation ch- chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, it says John has a vision. This is what he sees. It says the 24 uh, elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne, talking about G- Jesus, and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They, they cast their crowns before the throne. Have you ever heard of a band that has that name, cast, Casting Crown? Okay. Before the saying, worthy are you, our, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist, existed and were created. Um, so some people say, what's, so does everybody get a crown, and do we all take our crown of what we've done in this life, and do we lay it before Jesus Can I tell you, the text doesn't really imply it. It applies to everybody. It's talking about these 24 elders who are worshiping him forever. And we're not quite sure what it all means. It doesn't imply we all get a turn. Some people say, oh, we stand before him and we lay our crown before him. And there's songs, um, we fall down, we lay our crown right at the feet. Have you heard that song? Don't ask me to sing it. Okay. And, and, and. There's nothing in scripture that really says that we do that. But I do know this. In heaven, we worship Jesus with everything we have always. So I believe that whatever we have left from whatever burns up with our life, I think we give it to him. Why? Because we worship him. We take whatever we have and we give it to him because he's deserving of all honor, all our worship and praise. So the first point is, is that there will be a day of judgment for believers. Uh, the second point, judgment will show what was for God and what wasn't for God. Third point is this. Our salvation isn't dependent on how well we built on the foundation. Okay, I want you to understand that. Look in verse 14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone, anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. You know, uh, you know th- 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 that word there, loss, you know, when you, he will, will suffer loss, what's the loss that he, he, he suffers? I've gotten to serve in the ministry for quite a long time, and I've talked to people, um, quite a few, who came to faith in their 30s or 40s or 50s or even 60s. And a lot of times they come to me and they talk about how they were saved and they go, man, I had so many years I wasted. I wish I had gotten and understood and put my faith in Christ sooner. There was so much more I could have done. And they talk as as if someone that has had a great loss. And I think that's the same thing that occurs here on this day. When you have what you have to give, there's going to be regret. You're going, man, I know there's times when I had a chance to speak up, but I didn't. There were times when I had a chance to give, but I didn't. I chose me over someone else. There's going to be some sense of loss, but there's also going to be, when you go and you go, man, I... I know I failed in a lot of ways, but man, look, I honored God in ways too. 
I think that reward is going to be a beautiful thing that we can worship him with. This is an interesting passage for youth to, <laughs> to hear preached, I think. Uh, because we don't think of judgment day. That's far off. That, that doesn't really affect me. But this is my great prayer for you, everybody in this room, that you will not look at, back at your life at any point in this life or on your judgment day and feel grief and loss because, man, I had the opportunity, but I didn't. If you are not sure how to live out your faith, but you want help on it, Michelle's here, I'm here. We would love to talk with you at any point and go, yeah, this is what you can be doing. Choose to honor God with your life. Why? Because when the judgment day comes and the fire burns what we have done and what's left, man, let's, let's worship him with everything that we have. Because it's not for us just to have and go, oh, look at all the stuff I have. It's the, this is all yours. Thank you so much for saving me. You didn't have to save me, but you did. It still makes no sense to me, but thank you so much. I love you. That's what I want you to do on this judgment day. Let's pray, and we're going to wrap things up tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much. Uh, we sort of breezed through some of this text, Lord, but you understand what we needed to learn from it. God, there's a challenge in us that we need to be serious about our faith even now. Even now, we are building things that are either gold, silver, gems, straw, hay, or wood. We're, we're, we're building on your foundation with all this stuff. And may we build it on the things that give you honor and glory. May you use our lives to give you honor and glory. Lord, when we fall down, Lord, help us to get up. Put friends around us that will help us to stand up. May we live for you with everything we have. And may we not look back. May we not look back. And Lord, we don't want to have loss or regret. Um, so Lord, help us to be bold. Uh, as we shared just a few weeks ago, Lord, give us that 20 seconds of insane courage. Man, just to speak up for you. To, to at the risk of losing everything, Lord, help us to speak up for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.